Because if he's talking like that on a regular basis, I can see why people might want to fight him. So... Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of In Hindsight. We're your hosts, Andrea, Brittany, and Jasmine. We review movies and TV shows from our childhood to see if they still hold up, because sometimes things aren't quite the way you remember them. In this week's episode, we are reviewing Jump In, a decom that aired January 12, 2007. So in this one, um, a group of executives got in a room and said, wow, like High School Musical really did well in the urban market. I didn't know that Black people watch TV. So how about we do it again? But this time, it's in Brooklyn. So that's the plot of this film. Oh, sorry. Wrong synopsis. Um, in this one, Brooklyn teenager Izzy Daniels is pressured by his father to become a boxer. But his neighbor Mary, a local girl, as they said on IMDb, introduces him to the very different sport of rope jumping. So with that... <laughs> Not a local girl. That's what I said. I had to change. I said, uh, we're not doing this. But before we get started, just want to let you know, if you're enjoying all the nostalgia and want to support the show, feel free to subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. To keep up with us between episodes, you can also follow us on Instagram at n underscore hindsight underscore pod and on Twitter at n underscore hindsight pod. And if you want us to dissect one of your favorite childhood movies, let us know on the socials or email us at nhindsightpod at gmail.com. With that being said, let's get into it. So before we get into pop culture, any initial thoughts y'all want to share? I actually like this movie. Yes, it, it, it has lots of issues, but I also like the movie. So um, I think it's going to be fun because I might be the only one out of the three of us. I didn't not like this movie. Okay, okay. Okay, then never mind. Uh, I got some stuff to point out because I did a little, a little had a Jasmine moment and did a little deep dive when the movie started. So I have some facts as well. But I'm going to let Jasmine include them in the pop culture segment. Okay, so me and Britannia bringing the culture to you. I don't know, was that, was that an accurate uh, synopsis? I know Andrea... <laughs> Before we recorded, she had she had a I, note, but well, I mean, my note is not this. I felt okay. like he wasn't being pressured by his dad to box. I felt like they were trying to make us think he was being pressured, but <laughs> I didn't girl. feel any pressure. It felt like a very loving, supportive family. <laughs> we're we're gonna get yeah. into that. Not like um, <laughs> Bolton. Ooh. All right. So real quick. So this movie was filmed in Toronto, which is the usual when they want to do New York. Um, this was originally, according to Wikipedia, supposed to be titled Double Dutch, which is the laziest title I ever heard. Um, supposed to be starring Raven Simone, but she was booked and busy. She didn't have time. So somehow this turned into Jump In with Corbin and Kiki. Um, apparently, China McLean uh, also had a role, but she turned it down to be in House of Pain. So, you know. Um <laughs> It was a better decision. Um, wow. And this, yeah, this one, this movie broke the record set by the Cheetah Girls 2 with 8.2 million viewers. So I'm not surprised. 
Because look, it's Corbin. You put Corbin and, and Kiki, Kiki and yeah. I mean, I loved Kiki back then. I still love her, but definitely she was everywhere for years before she got to this movie. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me. So yeah, so what else did you find? Oh, you know what? I haven't gone through the people yet. <laughs> well, let's get into it. So I had to look because I said, who wrote this movie? Who is this dialogue for? Okay. okay. Um, Elena and I also looked this up <laughs> as well. And I was surprised to find uh, some some things. So the director here is Paul Hohen. We've already seen his work. We've talked about his work many times. Okay. Look at the Irish. Woo. Uh, you wish. And the last one was Read It and Weep. So this is a full step up for me, at least, from that little sad, bland, milk toast movie. Uh, the writers here, though, uh, all Black women, from what I am reading here on my research. So we have Doreen Spicer, Regina Y. Hicks, and Karen uh, Gist, who are some pretty heavy hitters. So they've worked on things like The Proud Family, Martin, Sister, Sister, Girlfriends, Insecure, the Upshaws, and then Mixed Dish and Camp Rock. I was like, mm, okay. So I, I, I'm at a loss for an explanation for some of the pieces of dialogue we find, but we're, we're going to keep going. Um, of course, the star is Corbin Blue. We just saw him in High School Musical. He does not need uh, any uh, introduction or detail. Um, definitely go back and listen to our Christmas dance reunion special because that was a good time. Uh, he plays Izzy Daniels. Uh, Kiki Palmer. Is this our first time talking about Kiki Palmer? Yeah. I feel like it is, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. We we have not gotten to real movies yet. But she plays Mary Thomas. We all know. Like, baby, it's Kiki Palmer. Okay, actress, singer, television personality. She's from Harvey, Illinois. So we're going to we're gonna have her as an honorary Chicagoan here. Um, Barbershop 2 was her debut. Of course, we know her from Akila and the Bee. Medea's Family Reunion, True Jackson VP. Uh, she had a talk show, talk show with Just Kiki. Uh, she's been, you know, recently a Nope, Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, uh, Human Resources on Netflix, and then the Disney movie Lightyear. And I went to see her at Cinderella on Broadway. It was her and Nene Leakes' child, and that was uh, a time to be alive. Oh, wow. Wait, <laughs> what was Nene? Was she the godmother? The stepmo- uh, stepmother. She was the stepmother. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, yeah, but that was a show. But Kiki did that, and she'd be singing. I forgot she was in Grease Live until about 10 minutes ago. So, shout out to you, girl. She stays with a job, okay? If anybody's going to get a check, it's Kiki. And she just had a baby, so shout out to you, girl. Um, David Rivers, Rivers, I believe, plays Kenneth Daniels, Izzy's dad. Rivers. It's oh, just cause, Rivers. Because I watched all this, like, interview. Oh, I was trying scenes. to find interviews yesterday, so. <laughs> David Rivers. Thank you, girl. Um, And that's Corbin Blue's daddy. And I did not know this at that time. So this is news to me. Um, He also plays his dad in High School Musical. The whole movie, I was like, that could be his real dad. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh. (laughs) See, usually I look this stuff up before I watch it, but I just went straight into it with no research. And I was like, oh, good chemistry between the two. You know, makes sense. Um, he also was in Malcolm X, uh, the 13th year. He was the math teacher, who I don't remember, but now I got to go back. Actually, I'm not going to go back. Uh, and then Charmed and the Fosters. Um, Patrick Johnson Jr. plays Rodney. His only other acting credit I saw is an episode of Awkward. 
on MTV. They used to be one of my shows. Um, Michael Colonese, Colonese plays Devin, uh, the bully's friend. He was in Get Rich or Die Trying, which, okay. And he played a bully on Degrassi. We have a few Degrassi folks here. Okay, um, that's she- why he looked familiar, because I was staring at him. And yes, I got the other Degrassi people immediately. But oh, him, yeah. I was like, I know that kid's face. He does. He does have a familiar face. Um, I thought, like, I was, I expected to see more credits, but that was pretty much it. Uh, Shanna Canoles plays Shauna Lewis. Um, she wants y'all to know she is not Beyonce's cousin, okay, despite the name. Um, she was in Hannah Montana, uh, Unfabulous, Surviving, Compton, and Life Size 2. Uh, Laven Green plays Keisha uh, Ray. She was in All of Us, Heroes, That's a Raven, and Numbers. Um, Kylie Russell plays Karen, the little sister. She is on ER, A Girl Meets World, and she is most famous for uh, playing Eliza in Zombies, which was way past our time with Disney. But shout out to you, girl. Um, Rebecca Williams plays Tammy. (laughs) Who we're going to talk about Tammy later on. Um, She's from Liverpool, England. She was in Rookie Blue, Life with Derek, and uh, Degrassi Season 9, I believe. Is this Jane? You're talking about Jane? Mm Mm-mm. That's the other. Girl. Are you talking about? Are you talking about um, Shantae? No, neither. Shantae is black. So I don't no. know the names of these people. Oh, but I just know that Jane <laughs> no, and Shantae Tammy are the, in there. So the white person in this movie. That's Jane. No, that's the, the other girl. girl. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, there was the other white girl. She's the boxer. Oh, the, yeah. Was she in Degrassi? Because she did look familiar. I forgot her actual name. Um, but Nine. she was in only like a couple episodes. That's why. Okay. I'm so, at 11 now. Okay. It was some boy, named, some person named Riley was trying to prove he was straight by sleeping with this yes, girl. And yes. then he fought the lifeguard. She was in yes. those episodes. Uh huh. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Andre is like, okay, y'all. So, did you. <laughs> he, he got better, but he is a problematic character. Said I got to go rewatch too. Um, did you babe Mandela? I'm I might I'm so sorry if I have butchered your name because I'm sorry I'm very much American unfortunately but she plays Yolanda Brooks and she plays Shantae from Degrassi who I feel like the only other black person or black woman besides Hazel yes and I me and Elena have talked about this as well they had several black boys on the show but they only had really Hazel and Shantae and now we got a new one named Marisol but they still don't give Marisol don't really have a storyline. Shantae didn't really have a storyline. Hazel, I think, rarely had episodes that were from her point of view, too. So I don't know why they're shortchanging us. They give the black boys storylines. I don't know why they don't care about the black girls. Yeah, because I don't know. But she was also in Crash Canyon and Murdoch Mysteries. Uh, Michael Williams plays Lil Earl, who was a fool this entire time. Uh, He was in Good Luck Charlie, Lizzie McGuire, Like Mike 2. The Office and Snowfall. He was one of Scott's tots. Do y'all remember that episode? Well, Brittany, I don't know if you really watched that The Office like that. No, I only seen episodes okay. here and there. Okay. Well, if you listeners, if you know Scott's tots, you know what a hot mess that was. Um, Mason, I believe it's Mason. Elsa Dig plays Chuck, who uh, the other friend who liked Tammy, he was also in Degrassi. He played Damian Hayes in season six and seven. Yeah, and the perfect he was man. out there with Emma back and forth. My goodness, did they just take the whole cast from Degrassi? Pretty much. I'm they said, girl, we in Toronto, that. so why not? Um, wow. Paula, Paula Brancati 
is the leader of the Dutch Dragons. That's Jane uh, from Degrassi. She was also in Cold Creek Manor, Life with Derek. And she was also in Drake's uh, music video, I'm Upset. Um, and the Cowboys, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, she was, she was the other girl mm-hmm, who got pushed in the pool. Um, Jean A. Mack plays Felix, the wise referee and training coach. That description was from Wikipedia, not from me. Uh, he did some work on the Magic School Bus and a Raisin in the Sun movie. And then finally, Kim Roberts, who plays Mrs. Roberts. They were really creative with her name. Um, we've seen her in a lot of things here and there as like teachers and background folk. But she's got over 200 plus credits. So shout out to her. Um, what did you find, Brittany, for pop culture? Um, well, you got the Degrassi people because that's what I was writing down just off of seeing their faces um i did some like background like digging because i went down a wormhole of corbin blue and kiki palmer social media after this (laughs) but i wanted to see if they were doing their own stunts and i found like these two behind the scenes interview things that were very cheesy and dated everyone should watch them because it's very much 2006 or seven but they were most pretty much mostly doing all the stuff in the rope that was all them which I think was so cool. And you can you can tell, though, the way they shoot it, that it's them in the rope and it's not like the devil. And they said that the um, stunt doubles didn't really do much. Because Kiki and Corbin wanted to learn. Well, Kiki already knew how to double dutch, is what she said. And then they both just wanted to learn all the tricks. So they spent like a couple weeks learning it. Yeah, I'm going to need some time stamps because there were definitely times where I said, yeah. that is a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I need to know when it was. I'm going to have to watch those. I'm going to add those. In they the show showed the stunt double with the wig. And oh my God, it was <laughs> so, so funny. I had to pause the video. It was so they funny. Sh- they showed the stunt double. You have to see him with this wig on. Atrocious. It's amazing. But most of it was, was them. I just think that's cool. The boxing, I feel like they were like, no, we're just going to focus on ropes because they yeah, I mean, see. You can't really do much, but like Mm-mm. one, two, and a duck. That was a mess. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Britt, before we get into the, before we jump in <laughs> to the movie? I, I think I have been watching too much Degrassi. That's all. Okay. Yes. Yes. We're excited to be along on this journey with you. All right. So this opening, <laughs> what an opening. Um, so we see uh, Izzy, let's say Corbin, we see Izzy jumping rope and there's a narrator for no reason. So we get introduced to all these characters. We we know that we're in Brooklyn. We see the hood. We're out in the streets with the people. And then, of course, we meet the family. We realize that uh, the mom has died, it seems, fairly recently, perhaps. And, you know, it, the dad is all about boxing. And, you know, we see Corbin practicing and meet his friends. And then we meet Mary, the neighbor who is into double dutch and she's practicing with her friends and all of that. And then they have a scene several times on some uh, like the fire escape balcony. So before we get into the rest of it, before they even get to like the double dutch competition, before we meet the bully and all that, what did y'all think about this opening and the way they really set the scene and the tone for this film? None of this is New York, but like, and I thought the Cheetah Girls was bad. This movie was worse. New York, I mean, the Cheetah Girls, at least they tried. It's even worse than Lisa McGuire. No, why? Who has a fire escape that turns into a balcony? And those houses were gigantic and there was too much green. 
that none of this was Brooklyn at all, but they really just said we're gonna <laughs> make you think that, but we're somewhere in Canada. That was my first thought when I saw it. My first thought is, oh boy, the urban youths are dancing in the streets. <laughs> Please tell us more. <laughs> That's it. I was just like, of course they got these black kids doing this. And that really colored my experience for the rest of the movie. Um, Corbin Blue saying some of these lines was not okay. It was not okay. It was rough. It was bad. He is not an urban youth. And it was very obvious (laughs) in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) This movie really worked. What'd you say, Brittany? I was going to say a lot of those lines didn't land and didn't need to have taken off to begin with. No, we're gonna do. We're, we're not gonna do some reenactments, but we're gonna get into the the lines specifically because I wrote many of them down and just shook my head, um, disapprovingly. Um, I do not remember this movie being narrated at all, and I was like, why? Why did we need? I thought we had escaped from the clutches of narration, and then it wasn't. We go in two thousands. I know, but they. It wasn't the same kind of narration that we usually get, and. Right. Because these were urban youths, there had to be some like moral implications and life lessons learned. So that's why they framed it the way Jasmine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't keep it together. Yeah, I was like, who is this? And then I'm like, oh no, it's got to have a message, but it's fine. Also, the song that's playing in the beginning is It's On by NLT. And I think, NL, you know, I'm going to come back to it because I think NLT was the group with, um, who was that guy from Glee? Yeah. The one who, his character was in a wheelchair, but he is an able-bodied person. I cannot remember that Bowie's name. Oh, Did y'all listen yeah, to them? Yeah, yeah, um, and I don't know. I can't remember his name either. I know you're talking about. Okay. Because, I mean, they're all white and they have songs yes. like, Let's you sing. were, uh, what'd you say? Artie. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember his name, but yeah, I just remember because they would they would have songs where they would be like, "Yeah, I saw her in Essence magazine," and I said, "You ain't never picked up a <laughs> copy of Essence. What are you talking about?" But anyway, um, so yeah, wow. him him doing parkour in the alley, I, and doing flips. I said, "Is this is he Dorinda? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> I did think of Dorinda. I, I had a note that said, "Flip it away like Dorinda." Yes. <laughs> Because, yeah, in every... And Dorinda's scene. also an urban youth, so... With no... <laughs> she don't have a mom either. Disney, what's going on? Do have a mom. <laughs> but this is also... I was just deep in my, like, um, Corbin Blue face. And this opening oh, did yeah. remind me of that. I mean, I... the strength of this movie is really on Corbin and Kiki. Truly. Um, they had great chemistry, but Corbin, I didn't realize was a good actor at the time as well. He was really talented, and I did not appreciate that because I was lost in hair, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, just I At this time, at this age, I didn't know that before he had even gotten to the High School Musical, he was doing theater and dance stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was already acting and singing and dancing before he got to High School Musical. So I didn't realize that. I remember when he went on Broadway as Usnavi. That was after this, though. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, an adult. The hair and the face, <laughs> the smile and the hair. Oh, for me. And you can sing and dance. It's a wrap. Which makes his character of Chad, you know, even 
more interesting as an adult. Like looking back, it's like, oh, I can't dance hardy hard, but the gag is, um, mm-hmm. shout out to Kiki. But yeah, the smile. I know we talked about Jet Jackson's smile, and it was this smile as well that just. I don't. Know I was if too I much. Compare the two. No, they're it, they're different types of smiles. Okay. But his, but Corbin's like whole thing. I was very much into it. My fifteen year old self was like, I would faint if that had been me on that fire escape. I would have fainted. Like there's Girl, no way. It's falling off. <laughs> like, <laughs> at the really at the very beginning when he jumped into the rope too, I was like, ooh, they're so <laughs> close. Why are they standing so close? Ooh, girl. Okay, so yeah, let's get there. So yeah, he does some flips. He takes some produce and throws it back to the man for no reason. And then of yeah, course I he. Didn't- <laughs> understand that because he's not a thief that's why he is an urban youth but he's a good urban youth not like Rodney. oh no oh not like rodney um we yeah so okay so yeah he goes over and messes with kiki and uh her friends and makes fun of them for double dutch um anything about this scene this felt very real in that that is what boys would do at that point but like Anything else you want to add? Because this is where also we find out Yolanda was trifling. Yolanda was Ashante. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh look, there's Ashante, and then I was like, oh look, she's Stavian trifling. She can't be on no team with nobody because she couldn't do. She was kind of a mean girl in Degrassi, at least in the beginning, and here she goes jumping off the team immediately. I was like, wow, no loyalty. You just went to the to the dragons that fast. I will say this movie brought back a lot of nostalgia to just the double dutch aspect. And it had me thinking about like summers and not having to go to work and just like chilling with my cousins for weeks and us double dutching on the driveway with like kids in the neighborhood. So it was a nice feeling. I miss those times. Yeah, Brittany's cousins are the ones who taught me how to double dutch. My mom didn't have the patience. She was still like, you're supposed to figure it out. And your cousin actually <laughs> broke it down for me. And I was like, oh, Did they? I wish I somebody had done this when I was 10, but okay. <laughs> yeah, they taught me double dutch. They taught me how to ride a bike as well. Shout out to the cousins. Yes, I might need a refresher. I'm going to come over to your house, Britannia. Whenever somebody's there so they can read Double dutch party. I used to struggle. Like, I used to be so afraid to jump in and then... <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to get hit with the rope. But also, black people are good for like, no, nah, you're just supposed to know it. Like, right. we're not gonna teach oh my you. God, that's just, so irritating. Just get it. It's just like spades. <laughs> it's like, you're just supposed to have the sense intuitively right. in there. When you jump in the rope and you're taking too long. Mm-mm. It's a mess. Um, so yeah, so this is where we realize that, you know, Kiki, rather, Mary and Izzy have a thing for each other. And he was smiling like that in my face. I mean, I would have been gone too. So I get a girl. I really do. Um, we see the dad and the little sister. The dad is, you know, now a single parent. He cannot cook. I don't know what that was. I know it was supposed to be chili and cake, but what was that? Were there green peas in the chili? Yeah, it was something. Some foreign substance. I don't know what that was. That was Eddie's million dollar cook off. It was. It was. And so we see the dynamics and he does this whole thing about like, oh, no, I have to raise a girl by myself thing. Because the girl says she has a boyfriend, she's eight or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the whole boxing thing. So anything about kind of the family dynamics at this point? I feel like there's been a progression of the dads from, like, 
I don't know. What's, what's a single dad from before? Smart House, maybe? He was a good dad, though. But I feel like this raising daughters thing has gotten a little bit better over the past 10 years. You've been doing <laughs> Disney movies. He was at least trying. Was he good at it? No. Was he complaining about it? Also no. So, <laughs> progress. That's fair. Though that hair, that hairstyle, I said, Sarah, I know you don't think she can go outside looking but like this. But that made me laugh because my dad... When there was like when my mom went on vacation like the one time she went without us and my dad had to no she might have gone a couple times but this one time she didn't do my hair before she left and my dad had to do <laughs> had to do my hair and it was like that and I didn't have the heart to tell it was bad so I just it just left the house like that I was about that age too oh <laughs> sorry Patrick <laughs> it's funny now it was funny then. I was a kid. I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't care that much. <laughs> True. Oh, dear. Um, and this was also something that was weird to me just before we get to Rodney and whatever. Um, when Corbin, his sister is like, hey, can you fix my hair? And he's about to do it. I thought we were going to see him do it. And I was like, oh, I remember this. That'd be cool. But uh, he's like, you must miss mom, huh? And then she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, duh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he would think she... Her little sister wouldn't miss your mom. I don't. It was just a weird that conversation. Was an to explanation me. for the audience. Anyway, yeah. did they ever say how long it was since she had Not died? I remember. Okay, because I just made up that it was like within the past few years. It didn't seem like a whole thing. It seemed well, fresh. The, or fresh I feel fresh. like yeah, the daughter was only eight, and it couldn't have been that long ago. Right. That's what I'm thinking. For her to have specific memories of things. I don't know. But so as you carry on, uh, so we have Izzy, who has a uh, a dad <laughs> that that works. And the whole dichotomy they made between, especially at the end, it was just like, I'm sorry about your daddy. It was just like a mess. But anyway, so we meet Rodney, the bully, who um, I don't know what his situation is beyond, you know, He's he a poor. clothes. Yeah, like he needs clothes. I don't know. But we get introduced because he's big Rodney and he's about to beat this poor boy up with glasses on, of course. And then they have a whole little thing. They go to the double dutch competition and Izzy's like, okay, wow, I made fun of this before, but this is actually pretty cool. So what did y'all think about all of this? I feel like I'm over this because some I don't remember if you were Brittany that said and go figure, they had to put the boy sport in there to, like, balance out the girl sport. So that's what I was thinking about in this movie. They, they had to do boxing and double dutch because it couldn't just be one of – it couldn't just be double dutch because it's, that's the girl sport. And I also am over this – and I know it's, like, based on real life, but I'm over this – I can't be seen doing this. It's for girls. <laughs> because in reality, I know that there was stuff like this. But I just don't remember kids, like, holding on to it, right? Like, they got off, off to the, after the initial shock of seeing you doing something that you maybe shouldn't be doing because it's for girls. People really stopped caring. And I just don't remember it being, like, a whole thing where it just became, like, their posters on the high school walls or whatever. So I'm, I'm so glad we're almost done with these movies. <laughs> I think you said it better than I could. I was going to go in a different direction and say I like the double dutch jumping. It was, it's like the, the sports parts in the sports movies are always fun to see them do the thing. Um, especially when it's double dutch, because I'm thinking about myself jumping in a rope and not being able to do majority of all the things that these people are doing and like flips and 
and push-ups and all kind of tricks. I thought I thought that was cool. But yeah, I think them this whole like, oh, this is the girl sport and this is the boy sport does get tired after a while. Especially when it's from the girl's point of view, because it's just like, get over yourself. Like you just sound so insecure. Just do the thing. It's fine. But he couldn't. I mean, he 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 did eventually, but it took him a minute to get there. I also feel like that extra that Rodney was beating up, I something about that acting was <laughs> was rough to me. I don't know what he was going for exactly, but I don't know. The whole thing around Rodney was rough for me. And so Jasmine, you didn't watch that video Britney sent. Which one? The one like the behind the scenes one. Mm-mm. So in the behind the scenes one, Rodney says he's like a, a goofy, lighthearted guy. And that makes sense because this bully thing wasn't working. I just didn't believe it. <laughs> it felt like oh. he was forcing himself to frown. <laughs> okay. at, at any moment, he would be dropping into laughter. So um, He might have been. He might have been behind the scenes with some mm-hmm. tapes. Like, <laughs> I could see that with this set of kids. Right. Just the silliness. Uh yeah, Rodney was an interesting character. Did they do the slow motion scenes yet? Because I, I feel like when they did so. the slow-mo shots, it was so dramatic. Yeah, it was too much. And that's the point where Elena was like, it shows like BT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the camera work was um, questionable in many parts. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me because yeah, they were trying to make him seem like he was Debo from Friday. And it's just like, this is just a kid who is literally the same size that you <laughs> Right. But for some reason, he's big Rodney. Like, I'm like, okay, sure. He didn't really seem menacing. And he often walked no. away. So, out was going on. Annoying. He was. This whole, uh, some of this movie was doing too much. But yeah, I agree with all that's been said. And, and Andre, your point. I mean, it's not even the sports, just things, anything that is considered feminine. Like we talked about, we just mentioned like Eddie's made out of cook off. It's the same thing. And again, like as I mentioned before, it's like high school musical again. It's just different activities. I'm just like, well, do, can we get some original ideas? Maybe. I know it's Disney Channel and our expectations are low, but still. Um, and I also did really like, I mean, the double dutch is like one of the best parts of this whole this whole movie. I thought all the tricks were really cool. And I felt like the crowd was not enthusiastic enough for me. Um, I needed y'all to clap harder because cute like the athleticism that it takes yeah, to do all crazy. that, just the speed. It's crazy. And I'm and the people in the rope and the people turning the rope. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can That's remember being yelled at. Yes. Okay, stop turning double-handed. <laughs> and that was just That's... my cousins and people on the block. So, like, yes. to have the pressure of having to keep up a specific tempo in a performance right. is deep. The fact that double-handed was, was a lie at some point in this movie was the only thing that was like, okay, maybe a Black person did write this. Because <laughs> Corbin's delivery of some of these lines was, it was bad. Oh, Lord. Yes, yeah, so. He said, um, come on with the come on. <laughs> if you don't quit this urban cosplay please sir (laughs) your mom is italian like we don't have to pretend like this is happening um the only other thing i was like yolanda talking about the routine is whack i said oh girl you gotta go i thought they were gonna kick her off the team i forgot that she like quit and became a turncoat 
So anyway, and then she was like, right, Izzy? And I'm like, you're not going to put my man in the argument with us. Now, see, Yolanda, we would have been really beefing on that double dutch court. But um, that's okay, something so, Shantae would have done, though. You know what? And you're right. So next we get to school. And this is where we realize, you know, that Big Rodney is troubled. You know, he's talking to the teacher. She's saying out loud in the hallway, don't be embarrassed because your father doesn't have a job. Take this garbage bag of clothes and be happy, <laughs> essentially. And then uh, Izzy happens to overhear, of course. And then uh, we get him fighting, uh, doing his little practice match. And then, you know, we get a sense of his friends and Tammy and all the stuff. And then there's some, like, you know, double dutch. They try to recruit Izzy to the team. And then they start practicing and everything. So what do we think about Anything else about Rodney? I know we started talking about him already, but anything in this scene in particular? Andre is over it. Brittany, it's anything? <laughs> urban, more urban youths and their urban problems. And the part where they're, uh, so I know we've talked about like muscles and such and like skin, like the cowbells where they had the the boy shirtless and we were aghast. Um, this this movie, Corbin had a shirt on, but the muscles. I remember as a teenager being like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, like this is just too much for me. I'm gonna fall out. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And the song that's playing is I'm Ready by Drew Seely. When I tell you Drew Seely, he's not gonna show his face, but he's gonna get a check. Okay. He better come on. I, I wrote that so. down. I said, Oh, here we go again. Another Drew Seely song. He's in every movie somehow, some yes. way. But what does he look like? I don't know. But yeah, so any anything about the boxing at all? <laughs> From either of you I didn't quite care but what did y'all think I didn't care either but this is where I didn't understand because later in the movie he's like I don't want to do this dad but he really seems like he wanted to do it <laughs> like he enjoyed the activity <laughs> and, and in my mind when he's double dutching the whole time I'm like you might not want to tell your friends but I think your dad would, wouldn't mind this is like strength training <laughs> for boxing so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you already spend half of the your day jumping rope. So, what's the difference is if you add another rope in there? It's essentially the same thing. Because he was just jumping rope as the movie opened. So, I don't know. I think it was more like him not being able to be real with himself, and then he just pushed it on the dad because this is a convenient person and plot. But I felt like the dad was way more understanding than, like you said, most of the Disney dads in any sports movie we've ever seen. Minus. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't have a minus. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of the, I feel like if they had had a conversation at this point, the movie would have ended. Like, yeah, sure. Do what you need to do. But, you know, we needed, um, what, an hour and 20-something minutes. So it's fine. And sure. this is a short <laughs> Go ahead, Brittany. I guess that's true. They couldn't have had their conflict, but it. I wonder how it would have felt if the movie was Izzy and his issues were more so with his peers and the mm-hmm. dad was on his side. And then instead of the conflict argument scene, it was more like dad telling him, be true to yourself and, do, you know, whatever, do what you want to do, follow your heart. And it was just like uh Izzy's conflict was just with his friends and the people that wouldn't accept him because because they were who they were <laughs> mm-hmm. that would have been refreshing yeah there's options but there were too much 
steps too far out of the Disney formula. (laughs) They're like, no, (laughs) we got it. We're going to keep it going. But yeah, I would have liked that better because the dad was so understanding to Mm -hmm. what y'all were saying. It was just like, okay. Especially like at the end, I was like, because there are certain points where I was like, this is aggressive for no reason. Like, why, why are we doing this? But I don't know. I just got tired of the dad saying like, it's 80% heart or something. 20% like 10 past. times. I can't remember. Something like that. I don't know. Can, can I add to, so in that little behind the scenes thing, the dad was talking about how he had read the script over for his son it was like, oh, this seems like a good role for my son. And then he was like, I also could be the dad in this plot. So he essentially was just like, hey, hire me. And I love that. Okay. I was wondering how that <laughs> came they didn't, out. Yeah. Like they didn't ask him, but he was like, well, might as well hire me to be the dad. And then he got his job. So I was like, go, go ahead. Good for you, sir. Shout out. Shoot your shot, sir. Right. That was great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I liked his performance. Um, you know, obviously this movie inspired Creed and Creed 2 and 3. So this is great. Um, I love the footwork. And I did laugh at the friends here and there. I mean, not everything. The but friends, Little Earl was funny. Uh, they were good. Yeah, they were believable. They were real kids that we know growing up that I usually would avoid, but you know, they kept everybody <laughs> laughing and uh-huh. they would have gotten on my nerves, but they were, you know, fun to have around for everybody else, kept the kids placated and all that. But, but they did make me laugh a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Him doing a little karate chop <laughs> and the man came up behind. I was just like, okay. And there's always got to be a wise sage. Yes. Somewhere okay. that dips in and out. Because that man, he just would emerge from the shadows and give some wisdom and then, like, disappear again. And then there was a fight later, and he just happened to look out until he sees it's going to go the right way. And he's like, that's my boy. And then he just disappears back into the shadows. That was so weird. I'm like, sir, you need to supervise what's going on. (laughs) Break this up or something. (laughs) What is happening? Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, that that was a lot. Um. And then Izzy, so he has the bag of clothes, the garbage bag, okay, because we're not wasting good bags on the floor. Because they couldn't give him anything else to put them clothes in. Exactly. I was just like, how how rude. Um, so Izzy drops it off at his home and then, uh, you know, rings the doorbell, runs away so he doesn't see him. And then I assume that he wears some of them later. I don't know. I wasn't sure if that's what they were trying to do, but I don't know, whatever. And then... Um, Yolanda uh, is gone from the team. She's like, girl, I didn't come here to make friends. I didn't come here to play games. Double Dutch is serious. So she goes on to the other team. And then there's like another fire escapes thing. Um, Parts of this movie felt like, this felt like a long TV episode to me rather than a movie, especially because the awful like urban stock music. Like, do-do-do-do-do. I don't know. Hippity hops. They played the same exact transition music every scene, it felt like. Whenever they're walking, whenever they're doing something, running away. I'm like, what's, what is this? Did you count how many times they played this, the music from Jordan Pruitt? What is that, her name? Jordan Pruitt? Jump oh, to the yeah. rhythm and dance to the music. They played that little beginning. Like a good six or seven times during scene transitions. So I guess she got her check from this movie. I hope so. 
And I will say, I did enjoy the soundtrack generally. You know, of course, I was waiting for the song, but I was like, okay, uh, you know, I'll bop along to these little these little hits right here. Um, so then we get on the Double Dutch team. Uh, Mary, when Kiki Palmer was talking about who could be on the team, that did make me laugh. And she was like, my co- my, what about my play cousin, uh, Averna? And they're like, she's almost blind. And the girl from Alaska, she was like, it's nothing but a plane ticket. I don't know. That I was like, see, this is the makings of the Kiki that we see now. And I just love seeing people in like their early roles. So she was so funny to me. Um, anything y'all want to add about the the practices with Izzy and how he kind of came in and changed it? Because, you know, boys are going to elevate any any girl activities. Um, I liked the scenes with Kiki and her friends talking by themselves without Corbin there. Um, but he wasn't, what was his name in the movie, Izzy? He wasn't as irritating as he could have been. And I I guess because I knew he was going to come in and change things because they said the girl left because Kiki wouldn't change the routines. It didn't irritate me as much as it could have. Also, it was Corbin Blue, So, you know, I'm biased. If it had been like Zac Efron, my opinions would be different. So. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Imagine. Oh, that would have been. Mm-mm. That's travesty. That's a hate crime. That's just. No. It couldn't happen. I I liked the when Cobra was trying to get in the rope, the whole he was just like <laughs> hesitating and hesitating. Um, I think it was fun to see them interact. And I like seeing the girls interact, too. It felt again. It just reminded me of like childhood. And then I started to think, where was the last like I wonder what happened to the double dust rope I had like a decade ago, probably in the garbage somewhere. Good times. Good times. That's a good question. I'm like, the last time I jumped any rope was college, just outside. But beyond that, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I kind of want to buy one, though, after watching this. I just want to jump rope for no reason. Me too. Um, also, okay, do y'all remember jump rope for heart? Because that was the memory yes. I had locked away. Because we did that at school. Andre, did y'all do that? I know you had a different middle school experience, but like... <laughs> We'd be outside all day on the concrete, by the yes. way. Yes. Um, <laughs> because we're inner city youth. Uh, inner just city jumping youth. for for fundraising. I have no idea. Yeah, what were we fundraising for? I don't know. <laughs> it was an excuse to, like... Were there cameras out there? No. No. Think, uh-uh. We had, like... like yeah, like, you filled out a form, and I don't know where it went. St. Jude's? I don't know. I feel like everything used to go to St. Jude's, so I have no idea what jump rope for heart would be like all middle schools across the thing i feel like it's like the president's fitness test like it was just something you did and like okay fine and then you yeah. move on but we'd be out there having contests who could jump mm-hmm. the longest and all that stuff so and the salami game our gym teacher was real extra and you know anyway we'll talk about that later um <laughs> but i think on that note too for me i feel like i was thinking when i was watching the movie i was like i don't think i experienced double dutch this way because I feel like we did a lot of jump rope games as kids and maybe and we did them as a class too so like the boys were also jumping rope so I didn't experience like it being such a like oh that's a girly thing as a kid that's what I'm talking about yeah I don't get it maybe maybe it's one of those things where the writers are older and that was their experience as kids but they didn't realize that we had changed <laughs> as kids That's true. 
Because the writers might have been like our parents' age or something. I don't know. But maybe it was like that for them. Now I'm going to have to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember ever getting made fun of for jumping rope. I mean, boys, look, boys used to just bother us just to bother us. But it wasn't yeah. about <laughs> right. <laughs> jumping rope. Being annoying as per usual. Yes. But they would try to jump into double dutch rope too. Mm-hmm. And then they get kicked out. Because it's like, unless you really wanted to learn. Yeah. Otherwise, you in the way. <laughs> Pretty much. Sometimes a couple of them would turn. You know, make yourself useful. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we have all that. Uh, again, Mary was getting it. Uh, we had a training montage. I think maybe this point, somewhere in here is where the slow-mo starts. Like, when they start going okay. to the gym, which I feel like was risky since he really wanted to keep it a secret. Like, yeah, let's practice in the gym. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> make sense to me. Come, come to my gym at 6 a.m. <laughs> so we can, so no one finds out about this. It was supposed to be locked, so... Because uh, my dad doesn't open till eight. Apparently, everybody had a key child. So I, mean, I don't know. Tammy was just creeping around. Rodney was creeping around. Like, I don't know. They was making copies at the Walmart because I don't know what was going on. But Brittany, did you have anything to say about the slow-mo? Not more than I already said. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you had some analysis about why. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I wanted to get to Rodney with that green shirt. Okay. Um, so he, you know, gets all unfocused. He's falling asleep in class. His dad notices something. Um, you know, I'm glad it wasn't like a goofy movie where the dad was like, are you in a gang? Are you doing drugs? Like, he just was very calm. Like, hey, what's going on? Whatever. Um, and so they have this whole, I guess, well, it doesn't really come to a head there, but they have a scene where, uh, Izzy comes in and they're having dinner and it's very tense. And then he's like, well, we have dinner at seven, uh, whatever. And then Izzy, for no reason, is like, well, sometimes something should change in this house. And then the dad was calmer than I, than any actual dad would have ever been in real life. And he was like, your mother had dinner at seven, so we have dinner at seven. You better sit down, Isadore. And I said, okay, use your whole name. So what did y'all think about that exchange? Because I felt like it was unnecessary or just weird. It was weird because I think the thing ended after that, right? And then he sat down. And on the plate, they have mac and cheese. I wrote this down. Mac and cheese. They have veggies. They have rice and maybe some chicken. Like, what What was, who was eating mac and cheese and rice at seven for dinner? But, hey, if that's what mama did, I, he, I, I felt. He used to carbo load for, for the training. Match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it came out of nowhere. And I can kind of, like, say, oh, He's thinking some things need to change. He's talking about himself and he doesn't know where to put the energy. So it goes to the dad. But that's just me really just reading into it. That's not what they planned. So I can make it work. But but what did they plan? Because, again, it felt out of place. Like, everything felt fine. Except, like, he was a little irritated to take his little sister to the jumping um, tournament. tournament. But other than that, that, that was, like, normal kid stuff. There, but there was no, like... He didn't seem irritated with his family at any other point besides in this moment he starts yelling. I didn't understand it. And, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, they're going to try to make it like a conflict between should he jump rope or should he box, which they should have picked another sport because boxing and jumping rope go together. <laughs> yeah, all True. he did was jump rope to prepare for boxing. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And all he's doing is matches. Like he could schedule that stuff around the jumping exactly. and practices and it's. 
the boxing was almost over or one was, they weren't even happening on the same day. It wasn't even anything right. like that. It was right. like just this, it's a girl thing and I shouldn't be doing this and it's affecting my boxing, but not really because he, at this point he still hadn't talked to his dad about it, who I still think had you told about at the beginning would have mm-hmm. said, yeah, let's do it. Do you need a ride? <laughs> and the only person he boxed was Rodney. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. And the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I thought under two I thought they were gonna make it so that the Golden Gloves was the same day as the Double Dutch competition and just make some contrived you know conflict. But no, it, everything was fine. <laughs> just like they're why truly have relying on Corbin Blue um, mm-hmm. being dramatic in these scenes? <laughs> yes, for no reason. I'm like he got off easy because ain't no way you finna raise your voice. <laughs> anybody's parents uh that was yeah i don't know so again another scene where i was like who wrote this um so <laughs> moving forward a weird transition they did a lot of like close-up fade outs i don't i don't know another powerpoint movie but then izzy is like hey you know the best best uh, athletes come from the streets and broken homes so let's go outside <laughs> shout out to uh genius and they went to find the kids who were outside freestyling. They were getting it. I was like, go off. When the one girl so had cool. her leg in the air, I said, okay, mm-hmm. shut it down. But see, this, I was like, is this a bring it on situation? Because y'all are just stealing uh, ideas. Clearly not a one-to-one. But it made me think about that. Um, so then they like, hey, it should be about fun, not about winning. And then, you know, they uh, run into Rodney. Kiki pours some water or something on him. And then uh, Corbin flips away again. So <laughs> what did y'all think about uh, all this? Is this when he had the green shirt on? I don't remember. I, I was like, first of all, I was like, not Rodney hiding in the shadows. I guess that was his house, though. He was just like creeping from behind a door, wasn't he? And then came out. Was oh, this the one yeah. where he came out with the kids and he had that hype man and his other people around him. Was that later? I don't know. He did come out. He saw them passing by and came outside, I think. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. Just, I was like, how long have you been waiting at that door for this kid to walk past you so you can come outside? When you're an urban youth, you struggle to find activities to keep yourself busy. So, you know, you just happen to be standing on street corners and waiting for the main character to pass by. So I can't. <laughs> I also wrote down, how are you going to fight someone in a neon green shirt? In broad daylight on the street next to the fruit market. <laughs> like, this ain't a smart plan, Rodney. Yeah, they really had too much time on his hands. And I'm sorry that I wrote down, maybe you should have found a job <laughs> instead of, instead of a working, Maybe your time would have been better spent just finding a job instead of printing out all these papers and taping them around school and hiding in the, in the shadows. So I'm sorry, Rodney, but that's what I wrote down. I don't even know where to go from there. Um, I, <laughs> I just really, I really can't. But the fact, I mean, we didn't learn anything else about him this whole time. Like he was just very like one D character, and I'm just like a stereotype. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, it seemed like he was just every opportunity waiting for Izzy. So I'm like, was this a feud? That y'all have had since y'all were kids. Like, is there like some Brink and Val 
tension happening. <laughs> like, I don't know, make it interesting. You know, what's going on? So that was, but also this is where I think some of the worst dialogue when they're coming from the playground or the court, wherever they were. And he said, they're doing the little thing. You know, my I'm name mad. is Kiki. That yeah. one? Yeah. And <laughs> Corbin says, and I'm talking to Corbin Blue here. I put he it on mute. Said, I, did, I was like, I'm not doing this today. <laughs> I had to, I fast forwarded it and then I said, no, I have to leave this one. So I have to watch this. Mm-mm. He said, um, I'm cool enough to steal your moves. I forgot what he said before then. And then he said, I think. I think he thinks so. he's good. I rule this hood. <laughs> he said, excuse me while I pop my collar. <laughs> and I just wanted to like ascend to the heavens because I said, absolutely not. <laughs> like Corbin, why? Why would you make him say that? It was That's it was never going to be believable Ever. from Corbin. That's not his brand. <laughs> He was he was just an urban youth at the time of filming. He was like the most most famous person on Disney Channel at the time, right? Besides, I mean, they all were high school musical people. So mm-hmm. that's all this was about. But they didn't have any other urban youths <laughs> to make this. Or they could have just cut this whole scene out. I don't really understand why Truly. it was necessary. Because <laughs> they're trying to show like slice of life. You know, what is it like for these kids in Brooklyn? You know, how are they really living? What's their natural habitat? But they could have done that without Corbin being there, right? They oh, could yeah. have had Kiki and the girls doing it, and I still wouldn't have liked it, but I would have been able to tolerate it and have him, like, run up a little bit later or something. <laughs> it was too much. There were so many times he says something, it's like, okay, this is unacceptable. <laughs> Because if he's talking like that on a regular basis, I can see why people might want to fight him. So <laughs> I, I cannot really get it. Like, what is going on? Because, yeah, it's believable from Kiki and her friends because they're just, you know, talking hey. like regular people. But <laughs> Corbin, please. Oh, dear. All right. Anything else before we uh, carry forward? What is the age difference between Corbin Blue and Kiki Palmer? I'm glad you asked. Because I also, I too. She looked really young in this movie. She was like 12 or 13, I think, right? Yeah. I looked it up too. Well, if I was. And he's um, a couple years older than us. He's three years older than us. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I know know she's younger and I know he's older. (laughs) He's 34. So he had to be like 18 or so. Because I hadn't turned 16 yet. I was like close when this came out. So even when they were filming. So I was like 15. 2006? Yeah. I was 15. So, yeah, she was like 13. But it was early 2007. Yeah. January. So, she was like 13 and he's like 18, 19, which is, you know, especially because, well, you know what? Let's let's get to that. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure. I always felt like Kiki, they made, except for Keela and the Bee, they always aged Kiki Palmer up. And I never really understood that because she always looks so young to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And 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 I also feel like she aged herself up. Like I feel like when she turned um 2021, 20, she just jumped into being a 30-year-old, like automatically. And I don't really understand <laughs> that. I don't like, think she's 30. I think she's three years. I think she's she's no, she's 94. not 30 yet. She's, she's my brother's. She's 93. She's 93. No, she's not 30 yet. Yeah. She's I mean, she's fine now, like, but then she was so young. Because I'm, like, sitting here 23, 
um, trying to figure out how to park my car. And she's like, she looks like, like a 30 year old, like she looks fully grown and sure of herself. And I just didn't understand why they did that with her. So. I don't know. I mean, I assume that's something to do with the role she took on, but. But this question. Sorry, go ahead. I'm done. Okay. Okay. This, this role, I guess. She this is fine for her age. It's just that Corbin Blue was older, but also mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of options for. He was really. They said it in the little thingy. He was the only person that could have done this at the time. Truly, because we have you know it was pretty much it. We didn't really have any other options on the Disney Channel. Um, yeah, it that made can it. You, we oh go ahead. Can you, I was, this is off the top, but can you imagine mm-hmm. then what this would have been like if it was Raven and Corbin? <laughs> Corbin, well, Raven I, and Corbin could have been in the same movie. She yeah, would have been alive. <laughs> Raven, this was going to be her solo, like her movie. Yeah. I don't even think Corbin was going to be in it at that point. So, but no, I cannot ever imagine. You can't. That's too different. No, no. You wouldn't even see him in a scene with Mm-mm. Raven in the scene. <laughs> no, she would eat him up, child. <clears throat> Oh dear. Um, <laughs> even just the thought, but uh, yeah, some the age difference and how young Kiki looks makes some of these like romantic quote unquote scenes be kind of like oh, okay, I guess so. Like, how old is he supposed to be in this in this movie? But alrighty then. Um, so yeah, so since we're here on the fire skate, because where else would people go for romance in New York City? That's the only option is in the alley or outside on the fire escape. That's it. That's all we so, have. <laughs> so she thanks Izzy for his help. Well, she thanks him for nothing. Everything. I was like, this is dramatic real quick. Um, and then she tells him like, hey, you know, you'll be good. Uh, just tell your dad. Uh, he's like, it's not that easy. And I was like, probably it's easier than you think. And then she says something about ballet that did make me laugh. That her mom was like, girl, you look like a horse galloping across stage anyway. That was funny. Um, and again, Kiki's delivery, always on point. But it just reminded me because when I finally quit piano, my dad was like, great, because you were not progressing. And I said, I know that's right. I really was not. <laughs> so I agree with your assessment. Um, so and then she kisses him and then they both are awkward and then they scatter away. Um, it was I know what they were going for, but it wasn't really we didn't need this per usual. Well, they were playing. They were this they were playing with this the whole movie. Would it have been awkward if they if we knew their ages were closer? Because I like these little um Romeo and Juliet balcony things. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't hate them. I always had like I always liked stuff like that. So I didn't hate that. The only thing that made that awkward for me was their age difference. It wasn't bad. I think it was just like, do we need a romance in this movie? I think it's just like our usual, like my usual griping of like, do we? I don't know. I I'm basic. It was Corbin Blue, so there can be a romance in any movie Corbin Blue is in. (laughs) It was like Judge Jackson. It was like we can have a romance in this movie. If (laughs) I lived a fire escape away from Corbin (laughs) Blue, I would never be at home. I would be sitting out. I would live outside on the balcony waiting for him to come back home. School. I don't need that. I loved how often she Ooh. blew him off and like, oh wait, Izzy, I love that. <laughs> Very real. There, you know? It was, it was, I was me. I couldn't be that cool, but it was, it was. Kiki Palmer obviously could be that cool, so it it worked. But 
would not have been me. I'm like, oh, you're so funny. But he, he, there's one moment where he said, um, hey, well, she was like crying. I think it was earlier or something. And he was like, hey, you know, don't jump or whatever. I was like, oh. Yeah, that was the a lot for me. I was like, wow. Okay, that was a little too far. Uh, that's one of those hearing that 2023 things. We can't, we can't mm-hmm. do that now. No. <laughs> it was flipped it then, but, but, but now it's like, mm, no. Said it with a smile. Um, but Brittany, what did you think about this scene or any of the the scenes? I read some article where, because again, deep dive. So I was reading some articles about jump in. Because really, I was trying to figure out how much of the jumping they were doing. That's what started this. But I read some article where she was saying that that was like her first kiss or something like that. I think that, yeah, I think the age difference is weird for me. But I think because it was just like a real quick and then ran away it wasn't like a long juicy one like in high school musical or like the other ones so i think because of that um it wasn't as bad as it could have been and an article was saying something about how they were really trying to make sure that she was comfortable and all this other stuff also imagine that being your first kiss corbin blue Woo! i would be telling that story forever hey my icebreaker at work. Hey, did you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want a fun fact? There you go. Wow. Shout out to Go off, Kiki. That's all I got to say. But I, I, apparently his first kiss was in a Macy Gray video. Which, Macy Gray video? Which, that's what I had heard. If I find it, I'm going to put it in the show notes for sure. Okay. <laughs> because Audrea is really perplexed. <laughs> Random. <laughs> it's very, it's very random. random. Shout out to Macy Gray. Hope you're doing well. Um, also, did y'all ever read? It was giving very much um, Romeo and Julio. Did y'all ever read that in middle school? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like I read did. every book that you read <laughs> at that time. So <laughs> you just swap books every week. <laughs> Looking back, just the title alone, like what? What on earth? But yeah, that's what it was uh, giving to me. Um, okay, so the dad tries to have a heart-to-heart talk. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And then nothing really happens there. Um, Izzy's like, hey, the routine is whack. Let's change it. Rodney tries to beat him up at school, but then he plays him by... Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to say that. But again, we talked about this before. Like Having the, the darker-skinned person be the villain against this lighter-skinned, like, curly-haired uh, protagonist when he was we had him up he was like no don't take my lunch money I was like oh. <laughs> this is an interesting study here and of course the teacher took you know the side um, this is where you know they're practicing and then Rodney sneaks in to the gym has time to go home shower change clothes find his friend get a camera and then come back and take exclusive photos of him and then he plasters them all over the school so and then the dad finds out and there's this whole talk so what did you guys think about all of this what's going on that's what i'm saying you got all this time to do all this stuff rodney just go find a job that's all i i thought it was a little too much that every kid in school was laughing at corbin I felt like that was that felt really unrealistic to me. I agree. Nobody cares that much. Nobody cares that much. <laughs> and also, like, where is Rodney getting the money to pay for all of these printing 
Because as the movie has told us, he is a poor. So I like who's funding this? Well, he could have done it at school. I didn't know where he got that camera from. Well, he is an urban youth. So <laughs> he's resourceful. My gosh. He must be resourceful as an urban youth. I didn't even think about the funding. <laughs> I'm really I'm done. Yeah, I the pink posters and the sugar and spice, I was like, uh, really? <laughs> Must we? It was just a lot going on with that. I didn't care for it. So there's that. Um, also, the way that one of the friends, I think they're outside. To, everybody's friends be fake because the way that they went to laughing, y'all supposed to be his best friends. I'll, I'll be looking at them sideways forever. But, you know, Penny Proud is still friends with Dijonay, so I don't know. There's no really no explanation for that. But they were like, oh, you look real pretty. And then the way Corbin was like, your mama looks pretty. I was like, oh, my God. That felt, that was the only time it felt like he, that came from a place where he had been. And I said, now, Corbin, what's happening? A place where he had been. I was so so confused. (laughs) Yeah, that felt real. It also made me think of Real Housewives. Unfortunately, your mama is broke. Your mama is low budget. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we're going to talk about the elephant. But yeah, (laughs) it's a lot. Um, And then, yeah, so there's all that. Uh, They they changed the name to the the Red Hot Chili Steppers. Do you all approve of this name? No, it's, it's better than the Soul Steppers. Is it? Is I don't it? Know. They were the Joy Jumpers. I don't know who the Soul. <laughs> oh, who was the Soul, who was the soul Steppers? Not you. <laughs> soul I thought you were making fun of. Soul of I thought you were making fun of Brink. Me too. That's <laughs> why you said Soul Steppers? That's what it made me think of. Is Brink? If and I was like, are, soul Steppers. But I don't know then who the Soul Steppers were. I would have been upset. Um, I think there I, were other names that they could have found. I but. think Red Hot Chili Steppers is better than Soul Steppers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's that what I fair. said. And I think Red Hot Chili Steppers is of the time. Okay. So there's two things I give it. It's better than Joy Jumpers if that was their name. I don't know. I think I would have liked Joy Jumpers better. Joy Jumpers is making me think of like grasshoppers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the only one. They're jumping for joy. You know, it's, yeah, it was a choice they made. Uh, he came in and said, this is whack. This is whack. This is whack. I'm here. I'm about to make it. So, okay, that's fine. And then this is where he, le- they're supposed to go to a showcase. I thought this at this point, because he left the flyer out on his dresser, I thought the dad was going to find it and be like unnecessarily upset so that some of this movie would make sense. But he, that's not what happened. Um, the dad had tickets to go see wrestling or something. And then he was like, all right, even though he could have just spoken up because he clearly had plans. But he leaves them hanging. And then Mary said, you show me I can't rely on you. You're out the team. And I said, I know that's right. And then that was pretty much it. So anything about him leaving them to dry? They needed conflict. Um they, they needed him to let them down. It, it, you know, we I went back and listened to a little bit of um, when we did the Christmas movie he was in. And it kind of felt like the same thing where everything felt perfect and fine. And it was and up until they needed a reason to make it not perfect and fine. And that just threw in him missing this pointless um, 
competition. It, it didn't mean anything, and they were just doing it for fun to make like conflict to make him coming at the end a lot better or more meaningful or whatever. So it it was contrived, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I felt like I felt like it it was like a swerve. Like the fact that he really stood them up like that and didn't tell them nothing. Like you had them look, look a fool on stage. Come on now, Izzy. You can understand what that feels like. It it did kind of feel out of nowhere. And I was just like, just tell your dad you have stuff to do. Like you can go to the boxing show tomorrow. It's not a big of a deal. But I was glad that Mary was like, you're off the team because he did not deserve to be on that team after that. And I'm glad that she told him so and then ignored him for several scenes after because that is what he deserved. So I was happy to see that. I too enjoy all the scenes where they were like, okay, he's running around the block. All right. I was just like, okay. Even though I probably couldn't have stayed mad at him that long. I'm just, my 15-year-old would not have been as strong. <laughs> Also, her friends really like hugging him quite a bit. And I they, was like, they oh, right. a lot. <laughs> it was like, how much of this was like planned? <laughs> right. Look, I would have taken the opportunity as well. You know, like, <laughs> I, but I'm like, okay, y'all like my man a little bit too much now. All right. Also, how does that change team dynamics? I couldn't be on a team where y'all dating, like, we're not doing this. Okay, y'all gonna ruin the friend group. But that that's an aside. Um, okay, so. I don't know. Britt and uh, Andrea have mixed feelings <laughs> about that concern. I mean, it, if I didn't, if it's Corbin Blue, yeah, that's a problem. But if it's some other rando, I don't care if you're dating or not. <laughs> so the dad uh, is bringing the son the Golden Gloves. And the way that they talked about these Golden Gloves, like who's going to get a scholarship to college, they, they talk about community matches. Nobody cares. I'm sorry fine but he's going in the room and then he goes through the trash and says hey what's this invasion of privacy and then he rolled up on uh, Corbin all aggressive like what's this we gotta talk and I'm like what's what is happening what is the direction being given Paul what were you telling them so then uh Karen gets involved for no reason and her name is Karen and I thought that was interesting and he tells her to shut up she says shut don't go up Prices do. I said, girl, I have not heard shut don't go up in 20 years. Yeah. And I don't think I felt like <laughs> something our parents said, not something we said. Hey, I hadn't heard in a long time. And I was like, wow. Maybe that's why I made it in the movie for those writers. That's something they're not like that one of the kids says to them. The time capsule. Um, Karen gets sent away. And then Corbin says, you know, just because like boxing is all we ever talk about since mom died. Just because you don't have a life anymore doesn't mean you can take mine away. I was like, wow, Isadora, that was a lot for you, Danny. He's just trying to and, do this. And unnecessary. Where did that come from? How was he taking your life away? I don't know. He was, he was not taking your life away. I don't know either. I, I did like the dad's portrayal of sadness in that moment, though, because it felt real like he was hit. And he was like, I, I, I need to go to the store. I was like, oh, I felt it. Do you think that was fair? Like a fair response? Like just being like, hey, we're out of milk. I'll be back. <laughs> Instead of like continuing the conversation. I don't know. Did y'all have any thoughts on whether or not he should have yeah, stayed? I think it was good. I think because he's experiencing grief too, but he still has to raise kids. And 
this is a moment where he needed to step away from himself and he did because when you when you don't do stuff when you don't step away the only bad things happen after that so i like that he chose to leave and not get angry because i've seen the other way where we jump straight into anger and blame the other person so a fair and wise point all right yeah i think that statement from his kid was such a slap in the face that it was just like i don't even know what to say to this i'm going to go out the house and it was a slap in the face for us because we were like, well, how and why? How did we get here? <laughs> so if we're feeling that, the dad is to be feeling it 10 times more because he was just trying to be supportive. And then Corbin's like, you don't have a life. Leave mine alone. That was really wild. Again, writers, I'm not sure what we were going for, but okay. It's just another very special episode. Um Okay, so then Kiki, he's at the boxing gym. He got the golden gloves on. And to me, they represent, you know, the cage of patriarchy and masculinity that he has locked himself in. And so he's boxing. He's ignoring. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing at their faces right now. Uh, Kiki tries to talk to him and he's like, no, I'm only boxing now whatever and then um here comes the white voice of reason it's supposed to be framed so tammy is this this white girl who also boxes keeps her hair in uh braids or whatever um his one of his best friends likes her and earlier in the movie she like not threatens him i mean pretty much but essentially is like hey um jumping boy or double dutch boy or whatever she called him earlier they were like having a match or have like fighting each other and she like took advantage of the fact that he was sleep deprived and was like yeah what about that now i'm like okay girl that doesn't mean anything this foolish but then he's like hey you know i'm a woman and i experience sexism so like but i keep going so you too should be able to keep going and then izzy's like yeah you're right (laughs) just like really so um any any did y'all have any thoughts about tammy because she really could have been gone for me I did not like her there. She was there so that white kids wouldn't feel left out watching this movie because there was no other reason. I was, I was honestly surprised that there weren't more white people in these main speaking roles <laughs> than there were. <laughs> but that was her only purpose. It's the same reason that they put Dorinda in the Cheetah Girls. Her and her belts. <sighs> and then he, and then here comes the uh, Felix the manager from the shadow. Oh, yeah, emerging from the shadows. It's Listen wise. to her, boy. <laughs> like, what? And he just, like, comes out the wall and then disappears again. I just, I, I didn't, I just said, all right. So then Rodney is like, hey, I want a rematch. He's been talking about he wants a rematch this whole movie. And he's like, I already fought you, okay? But then he brought, like, 50 people with him to ambush Izzy in this, in the gym. And he's like, what's going on? So then finally, Izzy's like, all right, I'll fight you. He's just real mad right now. He's got to express his anger somewhere. So they take it to the, um, I was about to say the mat. They take it to the ring. And then essentially he fights him with words and flips. And it's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry that your daddy is broke and poor. Okay, and y'all don't have nothing. We, we are both angry black men, but we don't have to fight anymore. Okay, because we have to do what's best for us. It's about love, man. Okay, the thing is, <laughs> listeners, she is not exaggerating when she is saying that. That is exactly how this dialogue went. 
Corbin was like, I'm sorry your dad has no work. I'm sorry you have no money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was a hot mess. But, yeah, what did y'all think about this rematch? It was too much. The jumping was irritating and pointless. And I think probably illegal in a boxing <laughs> match. <laughs> but it's the um, streets, Andrea. It's, right. It's boxing in the streets. You're right. You're right. I think that the whole, this is another, another thing that always irritated me in movies where people are like, are you chicken? It was like, yeah, then I'm chicken. Goodbye. Because <laughs> what do I, I want the match. I have nothing to lose to prove in this situation. I don't want to do this. So yes, I am chicken. Can you get out the way now? It's, it's just never, there was nothing to make Izzy do that fight except harassment. And at that point you get an adult. So I, I just, the adult was there. He was watching from behind the door. Oh God. I forgot about him. Just the whole time. An adult who actually steps in. <laughs> I was also like, wow, these kids really came and were cheering for the fight. And then also were cheering when there was no fight. So I'm like, y'all are all fickle. Get out of my gym, please. But there were adults there too, like in the crowd. I was like, in the crowd, like kids. <laughs> oh so no! So how did he? Ra- he just rounded up the community and said, "Hey." <laughs> I, I, I was really taken aback. I, I don't know. And one of those behind the scenes, they did say they had a strict budget for extras. So oh well, it's just, just reusing. Like when they get to the gym scene at the end, a lot of the people in the stands, all the ones that aren't moving, are not real people. <laughs> just like <laughs> clothes on like dummies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't right now. I, I want to scream <laughs> in laughter. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was really weird. And then he says, um, so he gets, he leaves the ring. Some Somehow he ends up, or he trips and falls or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He falls out of the <laughs> ring, which I just cackled. Like, how did that happen? And then he's just on the ground like he broke his arm. And then they're like, finish him. And I'm like, this is not Mortal Kombat. This is, you okay. want him to like beat him up on the floor. So, and so then the urban youth are bloodthirsty, <laughs> is what they're saying. Well, they're super predators, right? So then Izzy is like, I'm tired of being mad. And here come the narrator. Rodney was tired of being mad too. I said, excuse me, where did you come from? What is this? Okay, I, I just I was really tired by this point. So uh, any anything y'all got anything else before we get that to the, the moment final? you realized it was Rodney or did you remember from when it started? I think I figured it out maybe like the second time because okay. I got I was like oh it's the same voice but then I was like I don't need this at all because he would come in, in in like the weirdest points and I would forget that there was a narrator so it was, it was so wild I don't re- I really don't know what they were trying to go for here <laughs> oh dear so finally. We get to the finals because, you know, they had to go to the the semi state regionals. Then they had to go to the county finals. Then they had to go to the tri-state area competition showcase. Like they the way that they were like mapping out all the competitions. I'm like, can we just get there? Also, what is a county? What would that mean in terms of Brooklyn? (laughs) I don't know. I just made that up. But <laughs> none of this makes sense. I'm like, where is this supposed to be? But you know, it's okay. They were doing a lot of like hoops and explanations. I'm like, just go to the competition. So we finally get to the city final because we all we had was city and state. So I'm like, I'm no for double dutch. It ain't all that going on. Um, so 
Corbin is back on the stage, or they're they're at the competition, and they're like, nah, he ain't finna come. Why you keep mentioning Izzy, blah, blah. Then, of course, he shows up. Yolanda is being real raggedy. She's on the other team now with the white girl. Um, there's a man in an orange suit for no reason. And they, they get into it, and uh, they win. And there's a lot happening in this scene, because we have reconciliation. We have everyone coming together. The community now supports Izzy, even though five minutes ago they were being like super, um, super weird about it. So, what what do we think of this final, the finals and the Rodney reveal and the dad and everything? The only thing that irritated me about this ending, because there was a lot going on, was the Rodney reveal. Other than that, I liked the friends showed up. I liked the um the jumping all the different jumping even though there was a team that was in the movie earlier and I was like there's just no way anyone of these kids could beat that team I don't remember I don't remember what competition that was <laughs> but anyway um but yeah I enjoyed that it was an elaborate routine I didn't expect it to be that long but I was not irritated and I didn't like Izzy's his outfit like it was just a shirt but he needed to do something to, to keep up with what the girls were wearing um but yeah, but yeah, they, them cutting away to revealing that it was Rodney talking to kids and the kids like, do Izzy and Mary stay together? It was like, I do not know if I would have cared about that at six, but <laughs> um, I guess that's what I thought that's how they're going to end it. And I was like, I know we're not going to end it without seeing that other team with egg on their face because they were mean this entire movie. I would have been upset if that was the end of the movie. Yeah, I could have done without the. Um flash forward but I guess it's to show that Rodney has been rehabilitated and is now no longer a threatening thuggish youth but now he gives back to his community (laughs) uh I think that the routine was fun but I feel like they broke every single rule that probably existed because half the time they were not jumping they did like a little dance break but you know they had to push it to the limit song and then I think Kiki had a, her song too somewhere yeah, in there. She did. Yeah, her song was first. Did okay. Push It to the Limit come from this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew that song. And I've never seen this movie, so I don't know. How I they used the to air the video on Disney oh, Channel. Though. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's why. And this is the song I was waiting for because that's my jam. You gotta push it, push, push it, it to, to the, the limit, limit, because we're in it to win it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, that was our time. Working it out, working it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the time. Working, working, get harder. Da 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 da. Show him how to move. Yes, he was getting it. I love that song. I wore that song out, and I played it earlier so I can get in the right, you know, headspace for our conversation. It's still a bop for me. Same, you know, I'm I'm still excited about it. I do know when the song is on, I know the words. Right now, I do not. <laughs> but when it's on, best believe I know. Now the choreography, I need to know who I need to find on IMDb who choreographed. Uh, uh-uh. no, let's start over. That <laughs> that was something French. they made up like ten minutes before the um the, before they had to go on stage. But like those four people specifically, or maybe just like the three girls. I don't know. <laughs> it was a very interesting moves I like i confused. said they broke 
every rule. They was they had one rope. They they started off with the lights off and the dancing, and they had the music. They put the ropes down. They ran around the stage. I didn't know you could do all that. And um, I was confused because I was like, oh, okay, so that's their routine. So then I'm like, okay, well, where is his song? I've been waiting to hear Push It to the Limit this whole time. And then I was like, I don't remember them doing another routine on top of that routine. And then I was like, how long can the routines be? That was 15 minutes of them popping and locking outside of just jumping ropes. So I was really confused. Me too. I was like, I said the same thing. (laughs) I was confused, but I wasn't mad at it. I mean, they did some cool stuff. When Corb, when let me tell you something, when Corbin, his stunt double, shout out to Marcus Taylor. Uh, did that backflip with the rope and jump mm-hmm. rope? I would have, I would have fainted. I would have been like, Corbin, it's too much for me. Wow. Okay, you have muscles you can flip. You had the hair. Like it was, it was really too much for me, for my fifteen-year-old self at the time. Please but that was watch that video to see the stunt double with that wig on. <laughs> the wig <laughs> is, is atrocious. It is so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a joke. It is yeah, so I'm bad. Good. I'm definitely putting that. The first link in the show notes for y'all will be that video. Um, we finally see Mary's mom, who, I mean, we saw her answering the phone, but I, it, she wasn't really there. Um, the man in the orange suit apparently is a DJ named Subliminal. So shout out to you, sir. I don't know why he had to have an orange Steve Harvey suit on, but there's that. Um, the friends are there and Tammy, and then the friend, the friend, is now dating Tammy and said that he's been enlightened by his interracial relationship. And I just, I was just like, please get off the stage. <laughs> Andrea, <laughs> did you, did it, was it just me? Cause the way he did it and the way they showed their hands interlocking, as he said, enlightened really just, it was a lot for me. I try not to have opinions on this cause I, was, <laughs> I had nothing positive to say. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so yeah, so this scene also um has It's My Turn Now by Kiki Palmer and Kiki be singing. So shout out to her. And also it seemed like they were performing their song for the crowd. And I was like, is it a musical now? Like, are they self-aware? I was when the music started, he was like, Yeah, come on. I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening? So I don't know. It was weird. But yeah, I didn't like the um the cutaway to Rodney either. I was like, how far in the future is this supposed to be? Is this like a few months later? Uh, why? It's Rodney as Rodney. He doesn't have like, they didn't spray paint gray hair on him or anything. He's he's wearing the same t-shirt he was at the beginning of the movie. So was this Rodney next week? Right. <laughs> Telling the story. Like, sir, this just happened. He had a quick turnaround. And then Mary, Mary they said Mary and, and Izzy are still going strong. And I was like, so oh, a week well, later? So technically, it's oh, supposed yeah. to be a year later because they didn't win the championship until the oh, next. Oh, yeah. Okay, good catch, Brittany. Good catch. Yeah, it's been at least a couple years, but it's, it's still, it was. It was why? Much. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what else? I was. It was something else that happened here. Oh, the dad. The dad was like, "Hey." You know, I love you. I'm proud of you. I just, I thought that we both like boxing. I just wanted a way to connect. It's okay if you want to jump rope. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> is what we've been saying. Movie. Could have been the, the whole movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he really definitely. with this. 
<laughs> they really tried with that conflict and it didn't work. It did not. Yeah, we'll put him higher on the list for the dads. Cause All right. What would have been better? Mm-hmm. Come on, well, writing. He's, he's not a bad dad. He's a... <laughs> well, it would have been better in terms of like conflict is if he had lost, is he had lost that fight with Rodney, which Rodney, and um, had to like work to get himself into whatever championship. And that conflict conflicted with the jump roping, but him just, everything just being fine and dandy and he's good at everything. <laughs> there was no real issue here. <laughs> just, I don't know. But shout out to the dad's patience, I guess. See, that's why I ain't trying to be nobody's parent. I ain't finna be doing all this. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the end. Also, there was a team called the Kung Fu Kung Fu Flyers, and I was yeah. like, Yeah, that was mm. alrighty. <laughs> but anyway, uh, know about that? Yeah. So they end up winning. Like Andre said, there were definitely other teams there that probably should have won, but this is Disney, so we're gonna keep it you know, to the main characters. And then at the end, they teach the dad how to jump rope and the credits roll. So any um, cringeworthy moments for y'all? Watch oh. me while I pop my collar. I think, the- I think... Brittany, it's collar. <laughs> I think he said something too about making the girls holla as well. Yes. Specifically. Yes, he did. Yeah, I muted that part because I knew that was going to be cringy. Anytime Corbin Blue had anything to say that was ethnic was too much for me. And just the whole, these, you know, dan- black kids dancing in the streets stuff always makes me uncomfortable. And that's what, and that's why I messaged that this felt like Wendy Boo, only I could talk about it. So, <laughs> also, you can't double dutch in the street in New York. <laughs> Where? What street can you double dash down where you won't get hit by a car or yelled at because they will honk the horn at you? I I don't know. Disney Channel in New York. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying before. Like, back in the day, maybe. But, like, today, no. That probably might not happen. Uh, from the writer's perspective. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with y'all. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the Kung, Kung Fu. Um, the Enlightenment comment and the camera shot. The sugar and spice on pink flyers or pink paper. <laughs> oh, it's just too much. And then the choreography at the end. I think it's more embarrassing than cringy. Yeah, the pop. I was like, what? And yeah, Corbin, this isn't cringeworthy, but yeah, Corbin was like, or Izzy was like, yeah, I mean, I'm already doing a girly activity, so I'm only going to have matching shorts. I'm not going to go with the top. That would be just too much for him. He could have, it could have been like the <laughs> collar could have been shiny. Something had to be shiny. It was just so out of place. <laughs> it looked um, so cheap compared to their stuff. It sure did. All right. What about any feel good moments? All the jumping rope and the dancing and Kiki Palmer and Corbin Blue and everything around the urban youth part <laughs> was good. <laughs> so, like 15 minutes of this. <laughs> It. Yeah, seeing Corbin and Kiki is always a feel-good moment. And then the double dutching just bringing me back to childhood, carefree summers. Oh, miss those days. Was also a feel-good. Right. And the jump, the push it to the limit song. Yes. A jam. Forever. Yeah, I, I agree with y'all on all that. And I can't think of one other thing 
That was feel good. I mean, the dad being nice and supportive in yeah. relation to the other dads. And I won't say it's a feel good moment, but it was nice to see. Like, I, I'm tired of like yelling at fathers on the show. So <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't have to go there for this one. All right. So what is our overall rating for jump in? Exclamation point. I will give it a four um, for all reasons previously stated. I think I'm going to give it a four and a half. Because I had a fun, it had fun. I loved seeing Corbin and Kiki together and the jump roping is just some of the, <laughs> the words choice and the focus on the troubled, uh, aggressive youth part that fell flat for me. But like overall, I enjoyed the movie. I, there wasn't a point in the movie where I was regretting watching it and I can say I regretted several other decoms in the past. So it was a fun ride. Four and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go wish all on that. I I was like, okay, it's somewhere between three and three and a half and four and a half for me. So I'm probably gonna give it like a three point nine because it's like almost not a four, a four. For me, but like the dialogue, the fake conflict, and just uh, I don't I don't even know. It was just a lot. But, however, to your point, like, it's still enjoyable. I don't think I would ever watch this again, willingly. I might just watch the end where they did their routine and call it a day. And I'm going to still listen to, listen to Push It to the Limit. So, it mostly gives points for that. And Corbin and Kiki's, uh, you know, acting and everything. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 3.9. All right. Well, before we get out of here, anything else you want to share about Jump In? Is it as bad as Wendy Woo? No, it's not as bad as Wendy Woo. I didn't. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> not by far. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, that wraps up this discussion of Jump In. And remember, boxing, 80% heart, 20% talent. And next week, get ready for another sequel, Johnny Capahala Back on Board. As always, the socials, links, and notable mentions are in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.